You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of The Space Between Us. Study lab is over. Gotta go. Talk tomorrow? I'm not going anywhere. Once foster care spits me out, I'm gone. Nobody's ever real, you know? My best friend isn't even real. <laughs> Tell me about it. That hurts my feelings. Tell me where you're really from. Mars. I was born here. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm from a different planet, too. I've been ready for the I want to go to Earth. He's met less than 15 people. He's being denied connection. His physical development is at the perfect place to do it. His heart can't handle our gravity. It's too risky. It's worth it. Okay, everyone, what you were just listening to is the trailer for The Space Between Us, and the story is as follows. Gardner Elliott, the first human born on Mars, begins an online friendship with Tulsa, a teen in Colorado. On his maiden voyage to Earth, the 16-year-old finally gets to experience all of the joys and wonders of a world he could only read about. Problems arise when scientists discover that Gardner's organs can't withstand the atmosphere. United with Tulsa on, on the run, the interplanetary visitor races against time to unravel the mysteries of how he came to be and where he belongs in the universe. The film is starring Asa Butterfield, Carla Cugino, Britt Robertson, and Gary Oldman. It is directed by Peter Chelsea and written by Alan Loeb. Joining me for this review, I have Mike Vermette. How's it going, everyone? I mean, it's been a rough month as far as movie going is con- is concerned, and I think we're going to get a little bit into that here with our review of The Space Between Us. I am not having a good January and first week of February, but I will say this in regards to that. I did just see an advanced screening of the legal Batman movie, and that seems to be turning the tide uh, so far for film in 2017 for me. But that we will be talking about next week. And I am so jealous of you for seeing that, because I'm dying to see it. Yeah, yeah. You're going to love it, Mike. I'm telling you right now. Uh, But regardless of which, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the space between us. And Michael, I'm going to throw it off to you first. What did you think of this movie? So, here's the thing, right? So, I saw terrible reviews for this movie. Um, I read your review. I read some other critics' reviews. I went in expecting to, like, hate the living shit out of this movie. But I wound up not liking it or loving it, but, like, thinking it was just okay. Like, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I actually read an article after I saw it about the science of whether or not, like, um, his bones would actually be brittle and whether his heart would actually be too big. And it seems like that science actually holds up. And, like, that is kind of what would happen if you were actually born on Mars due to, like, the gravity on Mars. So I thought that kind of stuff was kind of cool that they did their research as far as that was concerned. Um, some of the acting was a little all over the place. I, I think the movie is better as individual scenes than the sum of its parts. To me, it feels more like a movie that should have been made for, like, the Disney Channel. I mean, my bar for this movie was, will it be as good or better than Xenon Girl, the 21st century? (laughs) And, you know, it didn't quite live up to that movie's, you know, heights from my my youth. But um, I think if I was a little bit younger, I think I would have enjoyed this movie even more. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the audience seemed to be into it. 
Um, the audience skewed generally older, like older than even I am, that I saw it with, and they all seem to be pretty into it. Uh, you know, some of the acting is awful. Gary Oldman, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was really too big in some scenes. But um, overall, I thought it was just okay. So, okay. I do not think it's okay. <laughs> I've made it my personal mission in life now to trash anything that this writer, Alan Lowe, puts out because he is now responsible for this piece of shit and another piece of shit from last year that I like to call Collateral Beauty, along with mountains of other films that are also considered pieces of shit. This director here, Peter Chelsom, uh, he... I think his claim to fame is like the Hannah Montana movie or something like that. I could see it. So you put the director of that with the screenwriter of a film like Collateral Beauty, and this is what you get. And I didn't know this going into the movie, but when I walked out and somebody told that to me, it all made perfect sense. <laughs> like my entire experience with this movie was one of just sheer torture. Torture, Michael. Torture. All right. So, what particularly tortured you? Like, so, uh, like, here's the thing. I was in a I was in a general movie going audience crowd. I wasn't with snobby film critics or anything like that. And everybody and their grandmother was laughing at the dialogue in this movie. I mean, just like chuckling, giggling, laugh out loud, laughing because it was just so eye roll inducing to the point where I just wanted to take a gun and shoot myself in the front of my head. It was, like, that bad in terms of how it was written. You know, there comes one point in the movie where he's been asking everybody, right? What's your favorite thing about Earth? What's your favorite thing about Earth? I liked that. I oh, my like, God. Dude, come on. Come on. Are you kidding me? Give me a my break. Favorite if you thing were about new to Earth, Earth you, you would do the same thing. Uh, no. Uh, he, was, he was so endearing. He was, like, endearing as fuck in this movie. Like, I thought he was the best part. Like, Aja Butterfield there. And I like him. I loved him in, like, Ender's Game. Um, Hugo. I, Hugo. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I loved Hugo. Um, but I thought he was the best part. I thought he was so endearing. Okay, I will give you that. I think that he probably is the best part. But I would not venture to say that anybody in this cast is actually good. Oh, he's good. Really? He's good. And Britt Robinson isn't given enough to do. I mean, she shows up in, like, the second half of the movie, mm -hmm. and she's only in it for, like, maybe 40 minutes. I liked her, though. I liked her, too. No, I think she's great. I think she's totally um, underrated. I still don't think she's good, but I I liked her the most, I think I would say. She has a couple of scenes where she just has, like, this magnetic personality. I, I could totally see why Gardner would uh, fall in love with her, even though she's the only person that he's interacted with on planet Earth. And they have zero chemistry together, though, but that's a whole different problem. They totally do. Oh, my God, yes. It's like, so Like, their bad. banter was so bad. It's so forced. So when they're, she's like, I love you, Gardner, and I'm like, oh, man, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Please. They're, like, giving each other kisses and things like that. And, you know, it's like, oh, traditionally, it's so one thing that can make this stuff up is as bad as the writing is or as bad as the acting is, maybe you could have, I don't know. A decent score to back it up to elicit emotion from the viewer like the music in this movie was so uninspiring so bland and so conventional that it was like like indie pop i you know i kind of i kind of dug it so I, I need i need to like understand i need to like crack the doorways into your mind here vermette 
what in God's name did you like really like about this movie? Because here's here's one thing that I could take away from it. Maybe we're t- maybe it's like the same thing. We're just saying it differently. I actually like the concept. I like the the pitch of the story. You know, if I'm in a meeting and you come in and you tell me this pitch of an idea for a story involving uh, a, a kid that's born on Mars, how he wants to go to Earth because he loves this girl and he wants to feel like he's human and, you know, all of that sounds great on paper. It's just the screenplay just butchered this movie right from the get-go. I will tell you that, like, the first, I don't know, five minutes of the movie where Gary Oldman's giving his speech, I was like, oh my god, here it comes, like, another climate change movie. Like, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, I get that climate change is a real thing, but, like, I don't need someone to beat me over the head about it. But then it wasn't that. Like, it was, I liked the idea of the movie. I definitely thought it was a cool concept. Um, Yeah, the screenwriting's awful. Uh, there were some scenes that are totally, like, cringeworthy. But I thought overall the actors kind of pulled it off, and I'm also, like, a sucker for road trip movies. Stop. Stop right there. Which actors pulled it off? I thought Aja Butterfield pulled off every stupid-ass line he was given to say. Like, every time he was like, so what's your favorite thing about Earth? I loved it. I thought that was totally what that character would say if he was an alien that came to Earth. He had, like, this awkward quality about him, not just vocally, but also physically because he is so brittle. And I do have to give credit where credit's due. If that kid lost all of that weight to appear that skinny in this film, props to him for uh, going to Christian Bale lengths to make him look uh, so gaunt. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I you know, I thought he did a great job. I, I thought he was really good. Well, I mean, like... Here's the other thing, too. This film is also... Do you, do you think it's shot well? I think it's it's shot fine. Oh, my God. I can't even. Like, even the scenes where they're in the car and they're going down the mountainside and there's, like, all the yellow trees and everything. Like, okay, like, that stuff looks kind of kind of neat. You know, he's got the house on the uh, beach side. That's kind of neat. But it's like every moment in this film where I tried to latch on to something, I tried to say to myself, you know what, this could be a good element. This could be a good thing to single out. Because I wanted to, like, you know, single out something. But, man, oh, man, every single time I tried to say that something was good about this movie, I just couldn't bring myself to do so. I have to tell you, in regards to how it was shot, I really liked the scene where they were in Vegas. Or, uh, yeah, I guess it was Vegas. And, uh... The camera was kind of spinning around, like, showing, like, Gardner's disorientation mm-hmm. of being in that place. I thought it, like, worked really well. I thought it was, like, the camera work is indicative of kind of showing you what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of cool. I, I really, like, I can't believe that we're actually trying to find, like I said, technical merits within this film. I, it's it's just one of those things where... Like, I'm not hating on it because it's, like, a young adult romance. I'm not hating on it because of that. I think sometimes those kinds of films can be pulled off rather well. But, oh, my God, dude. Really? Come on. Um, well, let's let's harp on this part, too. Without getting into spoilers here, there's a twist that happens towards the end of this film. Am I the only one that could see this coming from a mile away and it had a problem with that? Oh my god, I, I I caught this at like the third scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man. Like the the film I think wants to hinge on this like so much to 
you know, gain our sympathy and have the film uh, get saved by this emotional catharsis that happens on this beach scene. But at that point in the movie, I just thought it was the most ham-fisted, forced, and silliest thing in the world. Not to mention, um, like I said, without getting into spoilers here, the age difference uh, between two characters to have this plot twist reveal itself uh, kind of threw me off a little bit. Like, was very bizarre. They tried to kind of throw you in a different direction from the plot twist. Um, with Gardner's, like, nanny there. Oh, no, 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 no. It was, uh, wasn't a nanny. It was, like, his, like, you know, stand-in mom. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carla Carla Gugino, sure. Who I thought was pretty good. Um, they talk about, like, how she was divorced. Oh, my God, because she can't have children and she wants children. Right, they kind of, like, throw you, Uh. like, towards that direction. Which people who have seen the movie will know what we're talking about, but, um, so that was kind of the way they tried to... You know, get away from it. But I, I caught the twist at, like, the third scene of the movie. Were you satisfied with the way that the film ended? Because I actually felt unfulfilled by the ending. Without, like I said, without getting into spoilers here. Alright, yes and no. I mean, it was kind of what I expected. Like, I didn't really expect the movie to end any other way. Uh, you know, it's a it's a teen romance movie. Like, it's gonna end, you know... I don't know. I don't want to give a spoiler. It's not, it's not going to end like uh, it's not going to end like the Reverse Graduate, where they live happily ever after and they ride off into the sunset. You're going to have like no, that bittersweet exactly. kind of an ending because they're still young. They still have their whole lives ahead of them. Yeah, sort of or it's not going to be like some like fucked up ending. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a like a pretty standard, you know, uh, happy teen teen angst ending. Can I also talk about how much I hated the comedy in this film? Uh, yeah, I did too. I mean, there are a couple scenes I laughed at, but so I'm, I'm like, I'm listening to you here, and I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to say to myself, despite all the things that I'm hearing, that you're like, ah, oh, this wasn't so good, this wasn't so good. Like, is this film like for you saved by Butterfield's performance, and that's like it? I would not recommend anyone go see this in theaters. I don't think it's worth <laughs> it's worth the twelve bucks to sit there and go watch it. But I will say that if you saw it on HBO and it was on, totally worth a watch. It's totally watchable. Yeah, it is definitely watchable. It doesn't offend anyone other than myself, and I believe maybe every other film critic that's alive, that's you know looking for something more meaty in their films today, it is really, really, really just so pedestrian and so elementary in how it presents drama, how it presents its comedy, its romance, the sci-fi it's all these different genres that it tries to tackle and in doing so it doesn't tackle any of them right it was like the teenage version of the martian oh my god why do you have to say that the martian for the teeny bopper set oh my lord okay with that said that is oh oh my god (laughs) i can't like unhear that now we're gonna move over into final thoughts great out of 10 oscar potential mike vermette take it away well, final thoughts, like I said before, I don't think it's worth going to check out in the theater. I don't think you need to run out and go see it. But um, if you have a kid, definitely worth taking to go see it. I think a kid would definitely enjoy it. It kind of reminded me in a weird way of, like, movies when I was younger that, you know, I imagine, like, my mom hated, but, like, I enjoyed going to see. Like, something like uh, like Fly Me Away Home with Anna Paquin. But um, I, I don't think it's so bad. I think it's it's not offensive. It's good for the whole family. Um... It's got an interesting premise. Asia Butterfield is great. 
I think Britt Robinson's really good. I think she's totally underrated. Yeah, so totally worth to check out if you can get to see it for free, like on HBO or something. Um, I would say there's zero Oscar potential for this movie. <laughs> like, none. And I would say I would give it a 4 out of 10. Oh, my God. Well, for myself, I think this is one of the worst films of the year. I think it's so poorly constructed, written, acted, uh, shot, scored, you name it. I don't think that this film gets a single aspect right. Even the performers who I really genuinely wanted to like, like Britt Robertson, I don't even think she reaches a level of you know, being quote-unquote good. I think if anything, she just comes off as passable at a certain point in this movie. But there's not much else I can say that hasn't already been said as far as just shitting all over this movie. And it deserves it, in my opinion. It really does. Who knows? Maybe it's leftover hate from Collateral Beauty last year kind of spooling over into 2017 for me. I'm not exactly sure. Collateral Beauty is way worse, by the way. Um, Yes, because Collateral Beauty actually offended me um, on a personal level. Where if this film didn't offend me on a personal level, it's just straight up bad, in my opinion. Uh, so with that said, Oscar potential, I'm going to say a big fat zero. Absolutely not. I even went so far as to pay attention to the end song that played in the ending credits to see if I liked the song. And I thought to myself, you know what, maybe if I liked the song, I could talk about this in the review. And I couldn't even do that. So nothing about this film for me works on any level whatsoever. Um, with that said, it's going to get my lowest rating possible, a 1 out of 10. Fuck this movie. <laughs> nah, go see it if you can. It's totally worth it. Stop. Don't listen to him. He is so wrong. And besides, with everything else coming out next week, we're going to have so many other great options to go see at the cinema. Oh, the thing's going to get fucking massacred next week. It's going to get buried. John Wick 2, Fifty Shades Darker or Grayer, whatever the hell it's called. The Lego Batman movie. Yeah, next week's going to be uh, a lot of fun. So I look forward to that. We had to get through this week in order to get to next week, essentially. So with that said, Michael, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at VampDT89. And you can find me over at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening to our review of The Space Between Us on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Player FM. And if you want, we would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And, yeah, I guess with that said... I guess we'll see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. 
Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.